up? You guys doing well? Hello, church family. How are we today? Yeah. All right, you guys can have a seat. Man, it's good to be with you guys. I don't normally get to see you this dressed up. Somebody must have said Grandma was coming to town. Right? Granny, they don't normally dress this well, I promise. But hey, thank you so much for being here today. My name's Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And uh, hey, I'm going to hang out with you just for a few minutes. We're going to chat, and we're going to celebrate a little bit. We're just going to talk. But uh, I know you've got kids, and so we're going to be short. But man, I'm just, I'm, I want to I pause for a moment and just savor this. Uh, it's been, what, this is our fifth year, is that right? Christy, fifth year out on the land, or is it six? Five years that we've been hosting an event on Easter outdoors. And can I tell you, this is the very first Easter ever that there's been no threat of rain. Now, I don't know why a guy did that in the past. He's always allowed there to be some challenges. It rained up till Easter. It rained right after Easter. It never rained on us. So we've never got washed out. But today it's just like absolutely gorgeous. So uh, I hope you have sunblock on. For some of you pale-skinned people like me out there. But we're going to have fun and we're going to celebrate Easter today. Today is a big day, right? I don't know if you know that, but this is like, this is like the Super Bowl, right? For all of Christianity. Around the globe today, people are, are jazzed. They're pumped. They're fired up. Before I roll into and really talk about why we celebrate Easter, let me just pause and, and just savor this moment and tell you, I'm glad you're here. Uh, a few special guests that are very important to me in the house. Uh, I have my beautiful wife, Christy, over here on my left. She's here today. I love to have my wife, love my family. Also, my parents are in town. Can I have my parents stand up? Don and Aaron Murphy, can you just thank my parents? It is, it is because my parents, Christy's parents, and probably ten other families, that we are, we're, we're standing on their shoulders today. People who paid for, provided for, the launch of this church, launched from really a, a, f a few sets of parents and probably six or seven other families in Columbus that were a part of this today. So I love you. Thank you. Got my, my daughters in town. Uh, got my sister in town and their family. It's just a great day. How many of you, real quick, you've got family here. Raise your hand. How many of you have a friend here today? All right? Don't point at them. They're, they're nervous. All right? They're like, I'm at church. All right, but look, it's outdoors. It's all cool. All cool. We can shout, right? If you're, let me just say this. Uh, let me ask a question. How many of you are under the age of like 10 here today? Raise your hand. All right? You have my permission to be disruptive today. All right? That's the big word. That means like you can get in trouble and you can say the preacher said it's okay, dad and mom. All right? So that's totally cool. Uh, I remember, I remember being young and I remember not liking Easter a whole lot. You know why? Because what, what are you told when you come to Easter service? A few things. One is what? Be still. Be quiet. And my dad would say, if, you, if, I, if you're sweating, then you're getting spanked when you get done. I'm like, can't wait for Easter again this year. Hoorah, hoorah. Please, Dad, can we go to Easter? So, hey, this outdoor service just leaves a whole lot of gray area for a lot of fun. Uh, gray area, but not like... Not like gray area in the terms of confusion of why we celebrate. All right, today's a big day. So I was, I was going through Walmart, not Walmart, Walgreens, 
And I, 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 I grabbed this magazine on the way out. You can't really see it. doesn't matter. You don't need to really, really be able to see this. But it's a picture of Jesus, and it, it talks about, um, basically, it compares all of the uh, main world religious um, events through our history. And it compares them to Christianity's main theme events. I read through this. It was kind of cool. But here's what, here's what made me just like absolutely crazy. I hope, I hope it make you crazy too. They compared a lot of things that are quite similar to Christianity. Now, before you throw something at me, because I know we're in the South, but I mean, because of Fort Benning and, uh, man, where's our military at this morning? Come on. Where you at? Where you at? Hoorah, right? Um, before you get ill with what I'm about to say, just hear me out. Historically, there are some very similar things with many other, many other world religions in Christianity. Everybody, think about it, everybody else had a guy, right? There was a guy. It started with a guy. He had a thought. He had an idea. He had a, he had a teaching, right? He had some great, maybe thought-provoking ideas. People, you know, thought about it a little while, like, wow, this guy's a good guy. And people followed that guy. We had a guy. Did he say some awesome, cool things as well? Right? Our guys said great stuff. They had a guy. Other people had guys. They had, they had guys that even went and said, hey, I'll, I'll choose to be like the guy and you can follow me. And I've got some great stuff said. And they, they had stuff that was written down that they said. Right? So they had people that wrote stuff down like we had stuff that was written down. Don't throw anything at me. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, I swear. And then what's crazy is, they even had some of their guys that were killed for what they said and what they did. We had a guy that was killed for some of the things he did and it was said as well. But do you know why we're here today? Come on, track with me. Do you know why we're here today? We had a guy. He said some awesome stuff. But do you know why today is the biggest day around the globe ever? Our, our guy said great stuff. Our guy predicted some stuff. Our guy went, went and predicted his own death, but our guy didn't stay in the grave. Our guy now is a dead guy walking. Our guy is crazy. Think about it. I mean, it ought to give us goosebumps that our guy chose to go get dead and he came back from the dead. And so with, if you're here this morning, this is new concept for you. No matter why you're here, no matter how you came, no matter who invited you, the fact that there is a Jesus who went and chose willingly to get dead says something to us. It says some crazy things. Um, back to my, my disliking Easter. I really didn't like Easter. Not just because the service thing. I hated the eggs. I hated eggs because every year my mom did vinegar to make the Easter egg look right. And I'd have to leave the house. I was, I was sort of a troubled child. You guys, some of you guys know my story. I, I, I got in a lot of trouble. It didn't help that I had two perfect sisters, right? They just always got it right. They looked good. They, they came to Easter service. Their dresses looked nice. I might have been dressed up, but I came home with grass stains, and I was like dripping with sweat, right? Twelve years old, I started getting B.O. I didn't want to wear deodorant. Who, who wore deodorant today? Praise God for you, okay? Thank you. Hug those people that raised their hands. The people that just didn't, you know why, okay? They're like, keep it down. Got some stink up in here. 
But we got the no perfect shirts on today, so we're all good, right? We're good? We're safe? Safe place. So I remember, I remember my sisters getting straight A's. And just praise from the parents, praise from the parents. I got good parents. Don't, I have wonderful parents. Please don't, you don't throw anything at me either, okay? Um, but I, I remember on occasion, my grades were not stealthy. I couldn't sneak around with my grades. They kind of they confronted you, right? They made you feel like a failure because, you know, the capital of failure, right? I got a lot of Fs. So in high school, I'm not talking about like when I was young. Like in high school, like a junior in high school, I had three Fs on my report card. Have you ever had three Fs and you're now driving in the car that your parents helped provide for you? You know how many times I circled my house before I actually decided to come in? Like all night long, baby. Like, this is, this is going to be brutal. I remember, like, just struggling to want to come in the house. You guys know this. We bust out the notes. You guys know this. When you've blown it, when you've made some mistakes, it makes it hard to come home. Am I right? How many of you guys would just be straight up honest? You guys have made some mistakes, and you felt like, I, I got nowhere to go. I got nobody to turn to. I've really dumbed up this time. I've really blown it. I remember feeling that like in a senior, as a senior in high school, thinking, my parents, how can they love me? They hate me. Right? But here's the thing. That's not how, that's not how it is with God. God does not turn a deaf ear. God does not frown upon your your misery. He's not scared of your mess. He's not overwhelmed by your ugliness. Whether it's like self-imposed, accidental, I blew it, or I just like stumbled into some, some junk. God, God says, and let me just show you, let me tell you a quick story today. There's this amazing, amazing, amazing story in the Bible. It's found in Luke chapter 15. And it tells this story of a son, like I was a son, who blew it, and then after he blew it, like, like he totally embarrassed his dad, he totally caused the family, you know, family dynamics, like major issues, right? It rocked the family, stirred up dissension in the ranks, older brother was mad, dad cried over the son who left home, he, but the son dissed his dad, embarrassed the family, went out and just, just got buck wild, right? Just crazy wild. Anybody grow up like that? You're just like, woo, yeah, that was me. Last week at Panama City, right? But now they have the no drinking rule on the, on the beach for this week. So, so here's, this, here's this story, Luke 15 11. This guy disses his dad, disses his family. He's like, I'm, I'm sick of this junk. I'm out of here. Let me go live it my way. I'll do it my way. I'll choose to make it, you know, how I want it. And he heard everybody around him. He had nowhere to go. And it says in verse 17, it says, finally, we've all got to that place, right? Finally, like, whoa. He came to his senses. And this is him saying to himself. He said, How many of my father's hired men have more food than they can eat? While I'm out here, and he blew his all, all his money. He, and in fact, he took all the inheritance. He, sw- he, he, just, he just blew it all the way around. He blew all his, all his family inheritance. And now he's thinking, he's coming to his senses. How can... Everyone who works for my dad have more than me now. And I'm heir to, like, my dad's stuff that I've already blown. And he says, I'm starving to death out here. Like some of us. Some, some, some things, you know, sometimes 
uh, things don't always go the right way, right? Maybe things that for you, maybe you, this morning when you showed up, you're dressed up nice, everybody looked at you like all's well in your world, but maybe down deep you know there's some stuff, there's some pain associated to however you got here today. You look back in your recent days or distant days and you know that there's some struggle, maybe some major pain, maybe some major problems. And God uses those times when you go through difficulties, what he does, and that's what happens to this guy, he grabs your attention. For this guy, it's food. How many of you ladies know you, uh, food is a way to a man's heart, right? So this guy's hungry. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, I blew it. I'm, 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 not, I'm broke, but he's not talking about money. He's talking about, I'm hungry. And here I've got a dad. I've got a family. But I've blown it so bad, I can't go home. I'm just, I'm miserable. So in verse 18, it says this, all at once, I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against you. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. Now he is just thinking of every way possible how he can get out of his misery. But when he, think about, when he thinks about where he's going to go and the conversation that he's going to probably have to have, he visualizes a dad with his arms crossed going to be mad and upset because he blew it. Now, how many of you guys, you came home one time, your parents got on to you before? Yeah, I'm raising my hand to that multiple times. So, he thinks about all these things he'll say to his dad, all the things he's going to have to say. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore, but I want to come home. But he's expecting his dad to just be, I mean, ticked off at him. And here's what I think about this story. And here's the greatest lie. Now, listen to me just for a second. Everybody, everybody just focus in for a second. Here's the major lie. Here's, here's what you've been lied to. The enemy's greatest lie. And I think, I think we think this even in our, our Christian churches today. We think that the enemy's, the enemy's greatest goal is to get you to sin. Right? We think that the worst thing that can happen in our world is, to, is for us to do wrong. And Yeah, okay, that's bad. But can I tell you what's worse than that? What's worse is blowing it. And I think here's the real tragedy, and this is the real angle of our enemy. Instead of getting us to just sin, we think that's the worst. What's he gets, what he gets us to do, he shames us into thinking God can't take us back. That's what he does. Your sin's not all that bad. Now, that's, that's theologically incorrect, okay? Your mess is your mess is your mess is your mess. It was so painful for God when he saw your mess. But here's what's crazy about this story. This father is a picture of our Savior. And when the son blew it and embarrassed his dad and took everything away from all his family, went out there and blew it all, and realized his mess, his junk, had separated him from his dad, you know the dad's response as he felt shame, like he should probably have? but amplified by the enemy. Do you know what the dad's response? Let me, let me show you the dad's response. Verse 20. So he goes to his dad. It says, so at once he goes to his father. And listen to this and just get a visual. Out here on this big field, the house is over there. You see that bounce houses? That's his house. Everybody look over there. That's, that's his house. Right? It's nicer. 
right? But that's his house. And he starts back over here by the porta potties, right? Up in Steakhouse, right? Where it's not all great. Where you've blown it. Where we've all been. And he starts to make his way home. He's conjured up how this will be. So it says all at once he goes to his father. And this is what I love. He says, while he was still at a distance. You know why it says that? Because guess who was looking for him? Guess who was hoping for him? Guess who was not up on the front porch on the rocker with his shotgun and a wad of something in his mouth saying, that dadgum son, I just, you know, I don't know why I went like straight up country boy on you, but I got a visual. That's how he, he must have been like ticked, right? That's not how he was. He didn't have his, his arms crossed. But he, while he was at a, at a distance and felt sorry for him, he ran to his son and put his arms around him and did this. He kissed him. I don't know a lot of dads who kiss their boys when they've blown it. Can I tell you a really embarrassing story real quick? This would embarrass my dad. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. I told him I was going to tell it today. But this had to embarrass my dad and my mom terribly. All right, parents, just picture me, your son. This is what I did. I'm a seventh grader. I'm a seventh grader. We're at church, big church, like this, big church, lots of people. Services have started. No one had a cell phone to check on old Jeffy boy where he was. I'm at the gymnasium, playing ball, goofing off. Oh, time for church. Now I'm cool. I'm just going to keep hanging out. Church had a wonderful gym. Pull the fire alarm. Church has already begun. Fire alarm goes off. Crowds around the gym. People come running. Where is it coming from? I have a guy snatch me up. I mean, he's, he, he's jerked me by anything he can grab. That time, that time I kind of had a little bit little flappy flap going on, party up front. Party up back, you know how it goes, right? Dude snatches me up. Snatches me up. He's going he's gonna to find my daddy. My daddy's going to whoop my tail. I, I escape from this guy. I break free. Like that song, free, free, forever. Like, the dude, I broke free of this guy. I'm like left jacket with him, whatever I've got. I, I run around the entire church, and guess where I go for safety? I'm laying under my dad's old multicolored suburban. Like early, early 80, I don't know, late 80s, something like that. I'm laying under the suburban. Hundreds of people are out of church. The fire trucks have rolled up, lights, everyone's out. And I see them gathered around my dad and fingers are being pointed. People are like talking and I'm going, holy cow. Dude, I am. I'm an idiot, and I'm scared. I'm like shaking. I'm hiding under that truck. Finally, I poke my head out, and I see someone like there. They see me, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking I could have gotten the back of my dad's truck, but it was locked. I couldn't get in, and here, and this is what happened next that blew my mind. I'm still trying to, trying to work this out in my own fathering. They all start heading that way. They see me. Again, fire trucks, everything, just get the picture. Everyone's watching my dad. He, I don't know what he says, but everybody stops. He keeps walking. He comes up to me. He goes, did you do it? Yes, sir. You stay here. I got this. 
My dad turns back around. He walks back. I don't hear from anybody. Nobody touches me. Nobody talks to me. My dad comes back. We get in the truck and we go home. I don't remember what we talked about. I, I, don't, I don't remember any discipline. Now, he may say he remembers. I don't remember any discipline. All I remember was my dad turned to me and said, did you do it? I said, yes. He said, I got this. And he walked back and handled business for me. Let me tell you about this guy's response in the Bible. Now, my, my dad's not Jesus. My dad's not God. But he knows God. And I think that sure aided him in that moment because I know I had to embarrass him bad. But let me tell you what happened. Pull the fire alarm. Dad says, I got this. And listen to the end of this story. The son rolls back up to the house. The father sees him coming at a distance. Kisses him on his face. And this is what is said at the end. He said, my son was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but he's been found. Here's the thing you've got to remember. And I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Here's the thing you've got to remember. He doesn't care what you've done. He just wants you to come home. This story is a visual picture of Jesus and what He did for us, what He hoped for us, what He wanted for us. He doesn't care what you've done. He wants you to come home. Can I tell you, stuff happens. You're going to have stuff happens. You're going to blow it. You're going to make mistakes. Stuff happens. Can I give you a little bit of insider information? In the back of these seats, there's a little roped off sand pit. It didn't rain this year. We prayed for that. We forgot to pray about other stuff. Yesterday, we have a truck rolling up on the property, dropping off those stinky porta potties, and he falls in our septic system. The truck goes four feet down in a septic tank. Which way is the wind blowing from right now? That way. We're like, well, God, we pray for we pray for no rain. We got it. Thank you, Jesus. And we're like, you know, it just. Stuff happens. It comes from you. You never know what's going to come from. So we got it all fixed up, and it looks better. Don't please don't walk on it. There's still a hole there. Sand keeps the smell. No one smells it right. Right. Good. All right. But here's the thing. You never ever know until you try to come home to see how the Father responds to you. I, I, if I ask for a raise of hands, how many of you guys have blown it? Yes, okay, raise them. <laughs> right? So we know the answer. We know the answer. We've all, we've all blown it. We've all fallen short. We've all gone away. We've all, we've all at times gone far away from God. Some of you are here today and you, you've had some distance decay in your connectivity with God. Maybe there's never been any connectivity with God. Maybe you've blown it so bad you need to be reminded that He says, my son was dead and now he's come back to life. I just want him to come home. Maybe we have to realize when the porta potty truck falls into the hole, maybe, just maybe, that mess was an invitation for us to come home. Maybe, just maybe, when we recognize the story of this prodigal wayward son, maybe his mess, maybe his sin, maybe his dysfunction, maybe his worst issues. Stuff he didn't like about himself, stuff he didn't share. Maybe that was God's invitation to say, hey, come home. When you think of the cross, 
You know what the cross is? That's God's invitation to come home. You know what Easter is? Track with me. Track with me. It's God's what? Easter's God's what? It's His invitation to come home. Someone just said, little girl said, Easter's about God. You know everything about God? Everything here. You want to sum up the whole Christian story? There was a God that said this. I'm a just God, and I don't like I don't like when people sin. Not only because it hurts them, it breaks my heart. So we had this unbelievably just God who then went and gave us his son to make things right. Just God brings justice by his own son. That little cross sitting on that little cesspool is a reminder that God can redeem all of your stuff. Right? How many of you guys came this morning and you, you were grateful that Jesus didn't stay in the grave and God redeemed your stuff? Jesus came onto this planet to make payment for our stuff, for our sin, for our, our struggle. And my hope is, and I think this hope is, that God would say to you today that you would hear Him saying through this conversation, come home. So the question is, what's keeping you from coming home? Literally, I'm asking you that. What is keeping you from stepping up to God's open arms and Him saying, I don't care what you've done. Just come home. Seriously, just just come back. Come show up. Let me kiss you. Let me show you. Let me love you. Let me forgive you. Let me change your path. Let me give you a hope and a future. Let me give you some purpose. A few years ago, my son, who's 12, J.D., asked, he said, what, what is going to happen to those people? Those really bad people. What bad people? The ones that nailed them on the cross. I bet you, I bet you God's got really mad at them. Like he's just visibly, visibly seen the people that literally did the hammering. It's like, what did God do for them? Can I tell you what Jesus said as he's dying? He wasn't thinking. He wasn't self-consumed. As he's hanging on the cross, he's dying. And my son's thinking, Jesus has got to be mad at those dudes that just hammered him up there. You know what Jesus says? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's our Father. The question is, will you come home? Will you come home? Wherever you are at, this story, Easter, is a reminder that we can come home. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to we want to we want to take this last final moment. And God, I pray that in this moment you would open our hearts, you would help us to recognize that there are many of us here today potentially that you brought that were invited, they were scared to death. It's like it's church on the, on property, but I but I'm going. God, I pray that today that you could open our hearts and we could find hope and freedom, forgiveness through you. So let me ask you a question. With every, Everybody just kind of pause and keep your heads bowed. Just eyes closed for a moment. You got shades, you can peek. But hey, let me just, can we just be honest for a second? How many of you on Easter 2018, without me calling you out, inviting you anywhere outside of your seat, 
in your own personal comfort in this moment. How many of you would say today, I think I'm here to ask Jesus to forgive me of my mess and for me to come home. Would you raise your hand? Raise them, just, just raise them high. All over. Raise them up if that's you. I'm, 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 I'm needing forgiveness today. I'm, I'm asking that the Father would just let me come home. You can put your hands down. Church, I want you to stand up together right now. And I want you to pray because there's probably 50, 60 people that are on the cusp of coming home. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you've been with us. You ordained this moment. And God, there are many of us, Christians pray right now, there are many of us that are on the edge of our hearts, the edge of our seats, the edge of our mess. We've got a choice. We turn back or we come home and we find love, we find forgiveness, we find hope, we find freedom. Because, because a guy said, I'm going to die, and he came back from the dead, and he took all our junk, and he said, you're forgiven. So here's the thing. Scripture says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, the Bible says you are saved. That means when Christ does come back and he returns for his followers, that means you're on the boat. You're going to heaven. You've been forgiven. Can I ask one simple question before we wrap? Keep your eyes closed. Who goes to heaven? Good people? No. No one's ever been that good. You know who goes to heaven? Forgiven people. So bow with me if you were that person today that would say, I need forgiveness. God, in Jesus' name, those of us here today that would need forgiveness in you, God, we in our hearts, in our minds, we bow the knee, we say, Jesus, I'm asking you today to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Would you save me? Would you save me? Would you save me? Because of the cross, we can be saved. Because a guy went and got dead, we can have hope of eternal life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. For it's in Jesus' name that we're all saved. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you.